I actually grew up in a house that like there weren't books in the house. Like we had a set of encyclopedias. And for some reason, I have no idea why my parents had a copy of War and Peace. Yes. And the one book that I believe my (laughs) stepfather has ever read, which is the autobiography of Bo Jackson called Bo Knows. Bo Knows. That's amazing. That was it. Bo Jack. (laughs) Bo Jackson Tolstoy and the Encyclopedias. What else do you need? Welcome to episode 270 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And whether you're a longtime listener or new to the show, you can get even more content for just a few dollars a month. You can get access to our wonderful pre and post show banter. Um, are we allowed to talk about last week's post show banter about Brian and no. his mystical no. magical journey? No. Okay. You're going to have to watch the pre show, post show for that. <laughs> you're going to have to become a patron. We have to become a patron to hear about Brian's magical, mystical journey. And that's all we'll say about that. Head over to patreon.com slash ptlive and become a patron today. And as always, thank you to our current patrons. Today we're discussing choices, biblical worldview, reading, and the future. So The future. The future. (laughs) So, Ogan, what are you drinking today? Why don't you start us off? Um, well, this will be my last, uh, I guess, broadcast uh, joining you from Casablanca. I leave Casablanca at the end of this week. So what better beer to go off with than the bear named Casablanca? <laughs> they, they they have their own self-named beer. But this one is uh, it's got some lemon flavoring in it. So kind of like a shandy sort of situation. Nice. Um, nice. And I'm, I had this before. It is perfectly fine as as a beverage nothing to get excited about a ringing endorsement yes <laughs> when in casablanca drink casablanca beer drink, it's fine perfectly fine <laughs> perfectly fine is, as they say fine <laughs> brian what are you drinking i'm trying a new one to me uh this is called a rainbow rodeo ipa uh Sagatuck Brewing. Uh, Come take a ride with us as we reel in this great bucking IPA through a forest of hops, great flowing cascades. We cast a line of citrus, tropical, and piney notes. Enough body to make a splash, yet maintain an easy drinking American IPA. This great wedding IPA? This great (laughs) bucking? Bucket B bucking like a rodeo, bucking with like a, a bucking bee. bronco. Oh, okay. I was very confused for like a, a horse. See the <laughs> see the horse? Or is it a fish? 
<sighs> there's like a whole lot of there's a whole lot of metaphors in both the artwork and the description yeah. that are just I, like bumping into each other it's it's yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by the way next time Derek's on the show you should ask him about the time um a horse fell on me just so you know maybe we'll do oh, that post show we well uh, speaking of that what are you drinking so I am a little behind because I was traveling all through the month of October but I am on to my Dogtoberfest from Flying Dog Brewery. Um, mm, nice. Which, like, my favorite is the artwork for those of you on um, on on Facebook Live. Facebook. It's a Mars and Lager. Um, and then the back just has the picture of the dog. And it says, um, there is sauerkraut in my later hosen. I repeat, there is sauerkraut in my later hosen. So... Flying Dog Brewery is local-ish. It's on. It's in the Delaware, but it's very close to us. Um, and they've gone really kind of wacky and weird, but this is an old standard of theirs that I really like. Yeah, I haven't um, had Flying Dog in a long time. Yeah, they have like dragon fruit beer now, and like they okay. do a lot of sours that I don't. I don't do sours. Oh, so, then Brian, I would next like time that. you're in the area, we'll take a road trip and we'll go. Yeah, because their brewery is super cool. Like the. Mm-hmm. And then the Oyster Bay, Bay Brewery is also really close to them, um, which yeah, I, really I was like. thinking Flying Dog was Maryland. It's, it's Delaware. So, so it's on the so the eastern shore of Delaware is actually three states. So it's it's Delaware, Maryland, and then the very tip is Virginia. So the eastern shore, it's you have right. to go through Delaware to get there unless you go south through the Bay Bridge and over. I, so. I got you. It's basically and it's Delaware. Maryland. You you blink and you miss it. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Eastern Shore of Delaware. It's basically Maryland. That should be the tagline. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a nice. It's a nice amber color. Nice little. Yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty. What is mine looking like? Mm. Do you drink and no things? Is that your glass? No puppyology glass today. Yeah. Right. I got this from Tina back in the day. I drink and I know things. Nice. I just know things and I drink. The two are unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> On to today's topics. So we've all chosen our beverage. What is a choice you would love to not have to make anymore? What's for dinner? Oh my gosh, nailed it. I don't want to figure been, out what's for been, dinner anymore. You've been sitting on that one for a while, haven't you? Like... <laughs> She's like, can I, can I release this into the world? Is this happening? <laughs> Please, God, I don't want to figure Ooh, out what's for dinner anymore. Oh, that is so right. Ugh. That is it. Ogan? Um, I'd like to, I don't know if this is really a choice, but I'd like to not have to work for a living anymore. Like, right. I believe I was born way ahead of my time. I want to be in that future where the AI and the robots do all the work for us. Now, I say this, and I'm very clear that, like, what's happening with AI now and all of that, like, <laughs> it is officially my, like, I'm an old man, get off my lawn moment. Like, I, I want nothing to do with it. But I know we got to get there to get to the so-called future where all the technology works for us, but it's going to be messy and scary along the way. And yeah. And yeah. what's the, what's the wage or the idea, right. That all citizens are, are given a, a basic 
wage? Mm. Like what's the what's the universal wage? basic income? Universal, universal basic, basic income. There it is. Universal basic yes. income. Yes. Absolutely. Like, like future governments start sending checks now to Ogan. There so you Ogan, you have to move to Finland. <laughs> Finland. Yeah. And get mm. your basic living wage. Has to be cold. You know, I might I might put up with the cold for that. Isn't that the happiest place on earth, Finland? Isn't that I, it might what be. It is? I think yeah. I think it is. I tried to they were having they do this every year, I think, or they did the last couple of years where they have this competition where they will fly people over there for a few weeks uh, of no charge to kind of teach them how to be happy. Yes. Because <laughs> they're the happiest on earth. I auditioned a couple of times. I sent in some videos, never heard back from them. I, I apparently was miserable enough. Huh. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to be sadder. Seriously. Yeah. Did not, did not work out, but on my bucket list, Finland, I haven't been there yet. Brian, what choice would you love to not make? Mm. You kind of stole mine, uh, Shannon. I, Do you I, figure out what's for dinner though? Like, is that... Oh, yes. Yeah, it defaults to you. It might more often be me. Okay. Yeah. And I don't like to have to think about that. Yeah, it's like, no, I'd really I just like want to stop. A meal to, I just want a meal to arise out of the mist or out of the, you know, out of one of the appliances. And do you guys uh, not, do you not guys not do like a schedule? Like I know some families that they pretty much map out the entire month and basically it's like you know 10 to 12 meals that they prepare and they just rotate them and they got the calendar of the fridge and this is what's happening for dinner we sometimes go to the store four times a week just because we don't know what's for dinner and we haven't planned ahead so okay when i'm nailing it (laughs) like when i'm in a good place Uh about this there is a list on our like when i go i try to get groceries once a week and there is a list on our fridge of all the dinners that we have groceries for mm-hmm. because assigning what we're having every day of the week didn't work for me. Cause I was like, I don't want to cook that. I'm too tired. You know? So there's this right. mix of like stuff you need to prep or like spaghetti, right. Which is just dump and go kind of stuff. So, but, but when I'm in a good place, the groceries for the weekend, there's just a list and you just like erase when you've cooked that meal, you right. know? love it um and then that, it feels a little bit like okay it's it doesn't stress you out because it doesn't you stress prepared, me out you know yeah. it's yeah what chain almost what so i'm a i'm a prepper <laughs> like Ooh, easy I, now. <laughs> not a, not a full like but i'm a meal prepper like in the terms not a no what's, no no what's you know in what? your that is totally wrong what's <laughs> i don't do that at all i don't do the whatever what i what i, I plan i'm a planner we're going and, to Shannon's for the apocalypse. And I was going to say, what's what's in your basement? <laughs> I do have a lot of food in my house because I live with a, I I do I you like got, you got teenagers. With, well, we have teenagers, <laughs> and like I I I do live with a like food security issue that is totally not real in my world, mm-hmm. right? Like I am not going to run out of food, but like I have this emotional thing, like that is one of the ways my trauma, like whatever. We are so on our the fridge is always full. Our pantry is always full. Our downstairs freezer is always full, right? Like that kind of thing. So our kids um, are eating like saltines with peanut butter on it. And they're like, are you ever going to buy food so that we can eat stuff? Oh, <laughs> my kids are like, there's no food in the house. And I'm like, <sighs> I have pasta for days. Like there's always pasta in our house. Yeah. Always, always. Yeah. That's good to have. Absolutely. 
but I, but during the pandemic, I did most of the dinner prep because I enjoyed it. And it was my transition from work to home. And I know I've talked about this and like, during the pandemic, like I, I went, I started to go crazy, like really crazy about yeah. it. And well, yeah, because it's like a supply chain or stores going to shut yeah. down. Am I going to And get I just, sick? and the kids needed to be fucking fed all the time. Like all the time they were hungry. <laughs> and I was just like, I cannot handle this. So Derek cooked half the week and I cooked half the week. Well, the problem, like Derek would go to the store every day to plan his meals, right? Because he didn't know what he was cooking that is not a thought in his head to think like if I buy groceries on Sunday, like he doesn't think like, Oh, what do I want to make this week? What does my Tuesday look like? So it doesn't need to be an easy meal. Like I do all of that kind of planning. Um, So anyway, we don't really have the list anymore because it's, we've kind of, I don't know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there, but it's hard. So the other, the other choice I might let go of if I could is what to wear. Like, I just, mm. I don't like, like, like I'm I wearing like for a, Lent one year, two years. I'm wearing like a, you know, a sweatshirt and a t-shirt. Like if I could just wear that every day of my life, I probably would. Like, I don't need to wear something fancier. I, you know, same pair of jeans, you know, let's just roll with that. But it's like, you know, depending on the, the schedule and the kind of meetings I have, it's like, okay, I got to figure out something sort of nice to wear this day and blah, blah, blah. I, I just, you know. Take a, be done with take a take a page from John Fetterman's book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that dude roll dude rolls into Congress just like in everyday wear. Like, you know, dude's got the hoodie on, he's got the jeans. Yeah. What about the George Santos fashion guy? <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my god. Remember, remember the whole thing with him and the baby? Do you guys remember that? Oh my god. god. Where did this baby come from? No one knows. <laughs> Ooh, is that your baby? Not yet. Not what yet. the hell does that mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> that oh. dude. Man. I you know what? This is such an like I have such decision fatigue that like I can't even name all the things that I don't want to. But yeah, I'm sorry, but yes. dinner is number one. But like, yeah, I just... you're right. Because even like, if I could think about, you know, uh, job and church wise, like figuring, you know, that's one reason yeah. I love following the lectionary because that's one choice I don't have to make. You know, like, what am I right. preaching this week? Well, what is the lectionary? You know, so yeah. I love I love that, and also love moving to wearing a clergy collar because I'm not figuring out what to wear on Sunday. It's already done. Like the less decisions, the better. Yes, I am there. I, I that is yep, absolutely. When it was just Joy and I, we did a lot of blue apron for a few years, and yeah, that simplified things so so very much. And that's worth it's, it, right? It's like, am I paying oh, a little extra? Yeah, but is my so life better? worth it? Also, yes, yeah, so I'm, so I'm, worth it. Yeah, I'm a little open to it. Our we have friends that do HelloFresh that are like you all game changer. Mm-hmm. And I and I I've brought it up to Derek before. And it was when he was writing the book, and he was like, ah, just, "Oh yeah, I bad need, timing." <laughs> yeah, so I think I need to like bring it up again. And I'm like, even if we just did two meals a week, yeah. like yeah. that's it for two. Like even if we just kept it like the minimal one, just to take that pressure off. This you is know? good. I I will talk with Christy after the show. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that we have an accomplishable goal for you, Brian. Yes, thank you. It's on my to-do list now. Uh...
right, we've got a quote here from Chris Kratzer, author of Stupid Shit Heard in Church. Yes, what a great title for a book. That's a great book yes. title. <laughs> and his quote is, there is no such thing as a biblical worldview. There is only your view of the Bible projected onto the world. And, you know, in certain church circles, a lot of, especially evangelical circles, you'll hear this phrase, biblical worldview, thrown around all the time. And it's almost like this litmus test of whether you, you know, see and interpret the world correctly. What's your take on his take? Well, it's now stupid shit we're hearing from the House of Representatives, because isn't our speaker, our new speaker, Juan Mike Johnson, isn't this his whole thing? His he, He's, he's like, going with the biblical worldview. My this God. is like life motto. Oh. So my thing, John Mikeson. (laughs) Exactly, John Mikeson. The thing about a biblical worldview is that um, is is yes. the The second part is your view of your worldview of the Bible projected. Wait, yes, because you could be super conservative and find a biblical worldview to support it, and you could be super progressive and find a biblical worldview to 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 represent that as well what whatever you are looking for to support how you show up in the world you will find it in the bible Mm -hmm. so so in a sense um no there's there is no biblical worldview it's my worldview and i'm gonna find in the bible what supports it so you agree with the second so you agree with him and that yeah exactly what you're saying you could have view across the spectrum and you're projecting that sort of yeah, onto the, the world the, the biblical worldview is my worldview <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. With, with, with bible verses <laughs> it's my worldview yeah. oh my god with that's bible verses yes so, so there, good there is no one biblical worldview because the bible was written by many 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 different people yeah no over one Bible. hundreds of years <laughs> over different centuries oral traditions written down etc cetera, etc cetera, right so there's however what i feel like this quote misses is that there is a perspective to whatever part of the bible that you're reading that right. is a historical perspective that is a you know um the the worldview of that person that's writing right of perspective their religious like, framework yeah there there are that's missing from this whether or not they had to make decisions about dinner that day i mean listen <laughs> the the number of rules there are about dinner in the bible are astronomical so. and, and when paul was writing his letters he was hangry half the time so that didn't help his attitude mm. and his well, memory was terrible Let's be clear, pretty much no matter what time period of the Bible you land on, I mean, it's, you know, nine and a half times out of 10, it's not the men struggling to decide what to make for dinner. You know, they they show up expecting dinner to be there. (laughs) And they were making the rules about what was kosher. And the one time that the disciples did have to make dinner, actually, the disciples made dinner a few times, let's be honest, right? Mm. like well i don't feel it was the 12 i'm gonna call it now i don't think it was the 12 i think it was the you know the other the the outside 24 to 48 beyond the 12 the larger contingent the larger larger contingent maybe the last supper is the one exception 
and it came down to bread and bread and wine. You so know, they kept the it simple. Feeding of the what 5,000 else? where they're like, we don't know what to do. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Well, and the time they find Jesus on the beach and he's cooking fish. That's they're cooking fish. And he says, are they cooking fish or is Jesus cooking fish? No, they're, oh, cooking, they're cooking, fish. they're cooking the fish. This and he is shows Luke post-resurrection post road to him, like road to Emmaus. He goes, he shows up, breaks the bread. And then he like yeah. suddenly ghost like pops into the beach on the sea of Galilee and they're broiling fish. And he says, can I have some to show that it was a bodily uh, resurrection? And, and he shows up with his little McDonald's bag. He's got like a mix. <laughs> Fish he's got a McFish. Yeah. He's like, I found this in hell. He's like, I, like, I already ate. I ate Jesus, it for your sins. Jesus crashed the cookout. Be like Jesus. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, I just, like, there isn't, yes, there isn't a biblical worldview that you can like, it's like, you know, we want biblical preachers. Right. Like, every preacher is a biblical preacher if they use the scripture. Like, and yeah. you can't discount that the writer of scripture was bringing their own worldview, even if that is not fully knowable. So I disagree with the second part of this that says there is only your view of the Bible projected mm. onto the world. No, there like there is other factors involved. Right. And I think that is the job, as you said, Shannon, of the of a good preacher is to explore and tap into that as much we can right based on good scholarship uh talking about yeah what was happening politically at that time right. what what are the particulars of the the language the culture everything else that's going on when this is written that are factors into what this is being said which gives layers and depth to a text that too often is sort of just flattened like, oh, well, the Bible says X, and I immediately understand it because I read it in my King James English. Mm -hmm. No, 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 let's slow that down and take the time to discover what you said, the view of the original author, as best we can. Which, I mean, again, is there are X factors that are unknowable in that as well. Also right? true, which <laughs> means a degree of humility. Mm -hmm. But it also means then that that you're never landing on the view you're just landing on the best one that you can ascertain at that particular time and then yeah. importing your preference alongside there's that hey, there's that thank too. god because if not i would have ran out of things to preach i would not have been able to preach for 20 years if i didn't get to interject my own shit onto it right like especially on holy holidays like exactly. how many come on man how many times can you preach that Christmas? I sermon? mean, our, between the three of us, our parishioners could write their own book called "Stupid oh, Shit." Or stupid shit said. said oh church. my God! No lies. No lies. All right, we got this quote from Frederick Nietzsche, who said, "You should not be afraid of someone who has a library and reads many books. You should fear someone who has only one book, and he considers it sacred." But he has never read it. Marie Kondo. <clears throat> <laughs> Is this an unfair caricature or does he have a point? Like, it feels like he's feel like you, people a little. I feel like you're really coming for Mike Johnson this week. <laughs> this is really what this feels like. <laughs> and again, I ain't mad at that. <laughs> hey, if the shoe fits. <laughs> 
If the book's on the shelf. <laughs> Have I ever been warned not to read a specific book? Like, yes, but mostly like, hey, this novel was bad or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. Sub question that you're referring to. Have you ever been told or oh, sorry, warned not to read a specific book, right? Because I think that's the attitude he's getting at, right? That yeah people are, you know don't be afraid of someone who has a library that's full of books right and they're open-minded and they'll read whatever is out there but there's a certain subset of people we're all familiar with who kind of have a limited library and there's only sort of books along a certain theme or that passed a certain litmus test uh to agree with what they already believe but were you either of you ever in a spot maybe in an earlier part of your life where someone said to you Oh, don't read that person because X, Y, or Z. Well, I mean, that's off, that's off the table because that's not theologically I, appropriate. I was stolen Mein Kampf is not the page turner that it was reputed to be. So <laughs> maybe skip it. Fair. So fair. But you know I, what I mean, right? Like, like, the I do, whole, I do, like but, don't read I, I Rob do Bell because he's a universalist. Yeah. Or, that's sort of what I'm thinking of. I mean, I, I got that with some, I mean, I've, I've, certainly had that sometime you know at some point but I like I also want to name like when I'm reading this like so I, I actually grew up in a house that like there weren't books in the house like we had a set of encyclopedias because mm -hmm. there was no internet and for some reason I have no idea why my parents had a copy of War and Peace yes Nice. And the one book that I believe my stepfather has ever read, which is the autobiography of Bo Jackson called Bo Knows. Bo and Knows. Like, That's amazing. The, like, that Bo, was it. Bo, Jack <laughs> Bo Jackson, Tolstoy, and the encyclopedias. What else do you need? And, need? and so, need? like, admittedly, like, as... <laughs> I mean, like, I <laughs> listen, Derek and I have more books than I could ever, like, oh I actually God. just sold another box yesterday because I was like, please get these out of my house, you know? Um, right, right. Yeah, anyway, we have consolidated, like, now that we both work from home and we don't have outside offices, we're like, we got to get rid of some of that. Like, we... Right. We have more full bookshelves that we don't have space for. You well, know, you, you need more room for extra copies of The Just Kitchen. I mean, sold in bookstores near you. Sold in a bookstore near um, you. Or anyway. not, or on the internet. But anyway, <laughs> it just is one of those things that I'm like, it's that such a funny, Shannon. point of pride for me to have like a house full of books. That's amazing. And I read this <laughs> and I'm like, ugh, but like. So I don't know. Did they consider Bono's the sacred book? Maybe. Like maybe I mean, that was the sacred two maybe athlete. Bo Jackson's autobiography held everything we needed to know about life. I mean now now, now I want to read it. Like I've I want to say it. who knew. I want to say who knew, but it turns out Bo knew. <laughs> Wait, so again I did try to again, read War and Peace once and I like didn't oh, make it past fantastic. the fantastic. I'm still halfway through it. <laughs> Really? You started forever. you started 20 20 years ago. I, I literally did. <laughs> oh my god. Um so I think I think the question is is you know of course what comes up for me is is folks who are all too quick to again back to that previous question quote the verses in the bible that support their worldview. I've never read the thing in its entirety and I mean I, I honestly don't recommend. I'm neither here nor there but reading the entire bible. Um but 
<clears throat> I think I think it says something when you when you stake your again worldview, your way of life, your way of being on this book that you may not actually have ever read it. You rely on other people's interpretations of it, or that you read it. And again, you're reading it without a whole lot of um, scholarship behind you. You're, you're reading it in the limited context of whatever right. your faith tradition is, mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of becoming that like echo chamber. And, and I think it's, it's dangerous. So I remember when I was in seminary, they made us read a lot of books by atheists um, like Sam Harris and... Um, who else was it? Christopher they, Hitchens. Did they have you or they didn't? No, they did. They made yeah. they made us read those we, books. We had to read yeah. Left Behind in seminary to show us like how awful the theology was. Yeah, <laughs> Left Behind. <laughs> Heard the TV great. series was pretty was pretty good though. Um, Kirk Cameron. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't watch it, but I didn't. So so I I think I think it it yes it behooves people to to read things outside again, whatever their prescribed worldview is, or at least far enough from just keeping you in the echo chamber. And of course, the fear is, is that if you do that, it will pull you away. Right. Um, and, but I think, again, that's, that's a useful thing to do, because there's not just one view there, there is not just one view. There's not just one God. There's not just one anything. Um, but but we like we like the safety of certainty. Yeah. And if and if we right. keep reading too much, we might become uncertain about things. And heaven forbid, we doubt. I right. I, I do also want to add. I mean, I I really can make an argument for reading books that are you disagree with, right? Like I very very much can make that argument. And I have no interest in reading Trump's books that were ghostwritten and understanding his. Right. I don't care about, I'm sorry. I don't want to know about more about his worldview. I just don't. That's not something. <laughs> and so I do, you know, I do think there are books that like, I think there's a difference in reading books that challenge you or to try mm -hmm. to understand a different perspective versus books that are harmful for you to read, for instance, right? That can really, I don't know, I'm just kind of throwing that out there um, that I just want to name yeah, well, the what, complexity I mean, of that, you know? Yeah, what else comes to mind? Like, I mean, obviously, Ogan started us off with Mein Kampf, uh, but... So there was a Presbyterian pastor that died not too long ago. Um, I'm, I want to get his name right. Um, yeah, his, his, I'm pretty sure his name was Tim Heller. Um. Oh, Tim Keller. Tim Keller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Super he famous, was famous, like prolific author. Yeah, and like almost dangerous because his like what he wrote was like things that you can kind of really get behind as a progressive Christian, but he was really not. And and so there's like this line of danger there that like you're like oh this feels it was really tricky. It was tricky, tricky because he was a PCA pastor, you know, started this uh, Redeemer I think church in New York City that became mm -hmm. really big, and they talked about things that I care about justice etc. But then when you press down views on women, views on LGBTQ plus folks, 
and other things, it's like red flag, red flag, but yeah. that was kind of buried under the things that, and so it's tricky, that kind of stuff. But that's the, and that's the complexity, right? Like yeah. yes, every, 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 all the views aren't all the way wrong by right. everyone. Correct. You know, right. and, and it's, and it's okay. And it's okay to say that. Like, I remember when they were, uh, going through the rounds for the house speaker and um i don't know who was uh when um, a speaker has the, still not been elected <laughs> when, when when uh uh they were they were making the case to get um the last guy out of there i forget his name already yeah, um, mccarthy mccarthy right and matt gates uh, up and not said remember a, that name <laughs> and said a thing and i was like shit he's actually making a good point here right yeah One. right and I, and I was like you know i guess yeah broken clock right twice you know twice a day but but this is this is the thing so this is why there's always that we we've we we don't necessarily have to write off people in their entirety right and at the same point because we don't doesn't mean we need to take on all their views either like we can, I think, sort of pick and choose or rather to say like they were right on or I agree with them on this matter. I don't agree with them on this matter. And I think, you know, when we when we look at, you know, the last few years of of what cancel culture has done with us, it becomes the if they say or do the one thing that I don't agree with everything's got to go. And in some cases, yes. <laughs> but in most right. cases, no. You, you know. Well, right. so I, and there's also, this goes back to kind of our worldview conversation, right? Which is like, one of my favorite theologians is Paul Tillich. Paul Tillich had a woman across Chicago that he lived with and supported that was not his wife. And there are people who say like, then I can't trust anything that he says. And I'm like, or he could be a deeply flawed human being and have had all of these very interesting insights to have said about God. Right. Or maybe he was but, a closet polyamorous and we never knew. Well, I mean. and what if he, like there's, there's this element as well of divorce at the time really screwed a woman. So- there is an argument to be made that like staying with your wife is actually a justice issue or whatever. Right. There's complexities and which is and, okay to name. And I know that when I read his writings. Yeah. And so I'm yeah. coming in with this knowledge and this understanding where I'm saying, so maybe there's some things that I go, really, dude, you wrote that down. Really? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I like I don't know that you get to speak on that. Right. That I won't turn everything. to you. I won't turn to you about marriage advice. But about marriage. You said you, you said some good things about the Bible. But so the again, if you want to read Tim it. Keller, read Tim right. Keller, but know who he was when you read him. Yes. Or know who yeah. you know. Like. Well said. So anyway, that's what. Well said. Which and and that's why it's important for us to develop our own individual worldview, our own, uh, you know personal theology and Christology and mm -hmm. and and while you know we we remain open for it to evolve and transform and grow and we pick up new things and we let go of new things it's important for us to stay centered on something that aligns with who we are mm -hmm. 
so that we can discern, okay, I'm going to read this author and go like, all right, this is what he's saying that I can get on board with. And this is what he's saying that may be challenging. Mm, you know, let me, let me mull that through some more, see if that applies to me or not. And then there are parts where it's like, yeah, no, no, that's no, I'm not, I'm not on board with that uh, at all. So it's, it's, yeah, this, it's just a lot of gray area. And again, we want, we want the certainty and we want to, we want to embrace wholesale or we want to kick the entirety of things out. And it's, and it's not that simple. There, you know, the Bible, for example, so much in the Bible we love and we can quote whether we're conservative or we're progressive. And then, you know, there's yeah. stuff in the Bible that it's like, yeah, no, that is not a, no. like, and this is why I'm not, this is why I'm anti-banning books, right? Let me right. wrestle with it. Yes. Like, let me read it and disagree with it. Like put, I don't want things in the world that I only disagree, that I only agree with because I'm not, I will never learn and grow that way. And I think that's exactly Nietzsche's point. Yeah. 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 Some days I do. I ain't gonna lie to you. Some days. I mean. Some days. I, just, I don't fair. want conflict. I don't want no, that's craziness. I, I just want to be supported and I want to be right. right. And so I'm okay with that. the difference to me is like, there are days when, when on those days, I shut everything mm -hmm. off and I only talk to the people that agree with me. <laughs> there you, there you go. I can choose not to interact mm. with the people or the books or whatever that disagree with me. That's fine. What, That's my right. What, All about choices. How we open the show. Why you think I show up here every week? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> this is my Speaking of choices, shout out to my home state of Kentucky and shout out to Ohio and Oh my god, they came like, through this came through this week, man. And Virginia yeah. too. Virginia. My old home state of Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, people, that's neither here nor there. But you know I think a couple are. people read some books in those states. I'm just saying. <laughs> exactly. Well, for those keeping score at home, Shannon's already made it a two beer show. So I'm just trying to keep up. Oh, I thought you'd already opened yours. I like I. Anyway, he went. He went for it. He didn't. He didn't open it. I'm done with my one, and I will only be drinking one. Otherwise, that's I will good. not make it to my to my to my later um, meeting. We, you know, we have had a long week. Um, a long kid week, and I will not go into detail about that. Um, <laughs> in the actual show, maybe in the post show, I will. Right. But it is a right. I deserve this second beer. I'm just saying. yes, you do. Yeah, yes, no, do. no, right. no Speaking judgment of, from us. <laughs> Speaking of a long week, do you tend to think of the future as bright or as depressing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what factors shape your view? What would change your mind? And how much do you think about things that will occur after your lifetime? There's a so lot of I'm, wa that's I'm a lot, watching. Brian, that was a lot. That's it's like eight <laughs> questions in there. Like, I'm watching uh, Extrapolation on. Uh, have you guys seen that show? Apple TV no. Extrapolation. So we did start watching For All Mankind, though. You'll be proud of us. Oh, yay. Anyway. Uh, so ex extrapolation is set a few decades in the future, and it's like the worst case scenario of climate change and corporate mongering <clears throat> and all the things. Animal species are dying off. Oh, like we did. One. We did watch that. What is With that? The, uh, Kit Harrington. Yes, yeah. uh, Apple yeah, yeah, yeah. Apple Plus. I mean, yeah, we did. It was great. It was so the good. actor list. The actor list on the show is is crazy. We got Kit is Harrington, Meryl Streep, Sienna Miller. Awesome. Apple shows are killing it right now, Brian. Killing it. Yes. 
But this show, this, this show, show we picked the show because it was like, oh, look, all the episodes are there. We can binge it. We finished the first episode and it is like, we need to go take a drink. That yeah. was so depressing. It's heavy. Second episode, take a drink, smoke a joint, because even more depressing. And like this little kid, he's got all these stuffed animals that talk and they tell you about when the animal went extinct, right? Oh so the wolf went extinct in this year and the elephant went extinct in this year. And it is just like planets on fire, temperatures are up. You know, they're approaching like ocean or, you know, atmospheric temperature, two degrees warmer. You know, Arctic Circle is all melting and, and people are vying to like develop property up there. It is like a mess. So, so yeah, depressing is all get out. And um, in that future scape, they're listening to old podcasts where people are complaining about having too many choices while drinking <laughs> multiple beers. Where they're like go. trying to get back <laughs> to the carbon level that we're at now. Yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I'm, wa- I'm, so I'm sitting there watching this and I look over to my partner and I say, is it wrong that like, I'm kind of glad that I might miss a lot of that? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, like I, I kind of, I don't, I honestly don't or never previously subscribed to like, you know, the baby boomers and older who are like, you know whatever we don't care this ain't our problem we mess up the planet and and i was and i was like well that is so cold and cynical and heartless and selfish and i'm like you know i don't i I don't i don't want to be here when the world is literally on fire and and i'll do all i can you know in terms of what i can contribute now to make sure it hasn't happened but I, I got to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of glad. I was kind of um, born in the sweet spot. Maybe. I feel just, like. Just so, before the. We were born in the era where the train's going fast around the curb and it like tilts on the side and it's a little excited, but kind of just fun. before it goes off the cliff. But we haven't destroyed it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, we're still on the tracks, baby. We're still on the track, but not for much, not for much longer. Now, I I still have this innate optimism and faith that we will do better. It will get worse before it gets better. It always gets worse before it gets better. Look at the civil rights movement. Look at look at women's uh, suffrage. Yeah, it always I, got like, worse before it got better. So I, so it seems to be trending worse now, which for me is good sh- news. Shannon's not buying it. She is leaning into depressing. <laughs> so i mean like right like derek lives in this world this is what he talks about on a regular basis right um but i somehow have this like we got ourselves into this mess and we'll i have this belief that we will get ourselves out of it that our survival instinct will kick in and the technology will get so good that we undo the damage because the earth will the earth will regenerate itself after we're gone right now even after all, we just stop like we right. stop i mean or after we stop covid yeah. we we saw a glimpse of that in covid when everything ground to a halt and all of a sudden you know air is clean animals are showing up like so i i do admit that i've taken a little bit more of a like mindfulness view which is that things are changing so quickly that I really just have to deal with today. I can't 
really yeah. like so our like our next car we're not buying a gas car right it at least right. has to be a hybrid or all electric just yeah. it, it can we really do all like our family the way our you family can. functions it, well we regularly drive eight nine I hour drives i, I, I did you. yesterday so no, like anyway there's a toss-up but like hold out, hold out a few years for toyota solid state batteries that will give you apparently right. like seven eight hundred miles yeah. but that's what i'm saying like there's there's an element to this that's like each decision that we make is a better like makes a better decision yeah. and soon soon it won't even be a question soon we will not have gasoline combustion engines. right and you know. so your sense is humans know this and honestly corporations know this and corporations know this and it's becoming more for lack of a better term it's becoming more pc to be a sustainable you know energy efficient type 100%. corporation um so so part of me is like i don't look too far to the future because I don't have, it's not that I have a lot of faith in corporations or, or in laws or whatever. It's just more of like, just deal with what's in front of me. Cause it's all very overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so I've kind of taken that view on it. Um, and at the same time, like I don't sit around and sit like, Oh, the future is going to be great. It's going to be fine. Like we have literally, I mean, I, I like, our household has asthma, we have allergies, we have whatever, like we have more trouble sitting outside this summer than we did in years past. And I have to pay attention to that. I have to understand yeah. that that is part of this process of climate change. So the air is cleaner in Michigan, just saying you're welcome anytime. So I'm reading this new book. <laughs> I'm reading this new book. Um, I love Johan Hari. If you haven't read his book, Lost Connections and his new book, Stolen Focus, so I'm reading Stolen Focus and I just got to the chapter on like part of what steals our focus is pollution and like how he's he's interviewed all these experts and he's and they're like, you can move to the middle of nowhere and you will still be affected by this. And I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like there is nowhere on the planet where human impact is not found. Because the yeah. wind doesn't care about where you are and how many acres are between you Listen, and the next person they're, they're finding microplastics in clouds now yeah I, I i and i'm like how is that even what's the physics behind right. that but it's a it's a true thing it's in clouds now yeah, yeah. i think where my hope in the future comes from is like our kids are growing up with this re like it's not in it's not emergent in our lifetime like not really, not really, really, if you want to put it that right. way, right? Yeah. Um, but it is in theirs and it yep. is in their children's. Yep. And so that to me is where the hope is, is like, we all know this about systems until the water actually, like there is health in coming to a boil because it makes you actually pay attention to the thing that's been simmering this whole time. Yeah. Um. And I, I just, I think it's like Ogan said, it's going to get worse before it gets better because it has to get worse in order to change the system, which was like by design. It, it was by design. And and the warning is, yes, things get worse before they get better, but will this get to the worst point then that it becomes irreversible? Right. So that's, that's, that's a depressing. Still debatable. 
part. Like it's still debatable. It's still a debate. It's still a possibility. And, you know, humans, we are adaptable and we will just, you know, go build some moon colonies. We'll go mess at Mars and, you know, we'll leave all the, of course, poor and disenfranchised folks here on the dying planet. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's, that's what we do. I might still be reading too much Octavia Butler right now. Mm. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. If you're already on the depressive end of the scale, don't read Octavia <laughs> Butler. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. I got one more quote I want to get to, and I think I got this from you, Ogan. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Melanie Lau on Twitter uh, wrote, or whatever it's called these days, wrote, (laughs) Western cultures believe we must be alive for a purpose, to work, to make money. Some indigenous cultures believe we're alive just as nature is alive, to be here, to be beautiful and strange. We don't need to achieve anything to be valid in our humanness. So I'd like to forward this. I'd love to forward this to uh, my credit card companies right now who for some reason uh, don't don't believe I'm just here to be uh, beautiful and strange. They want their money. beautiful and stranger together. Like we're here to just be beautiful and strange. Exactly. Well, I mean, there's like, isn't she just tapping into something, right? That like nature is just there to do what it does, you know, like a, 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 you look at a tree, it's just there to be a tree or, or a, a hawk is up there to fly around and be a hawk, hunt a little, do what it wants, you know, hang out. But it's like, because of our human consciousness, we like add all these layers onto what's acceptable or we we create all these pathways and expectations. We have to figure out what's for dinner every night, Brian. Having to freaking <laughs> figure out, instead of just, there's a every mouse, night. go eat it. <laughs> well, you know, Back to the you know climate change environment question. If we didn't pollute all the rivers and fill all the fish with mercury, yeah, we just go and catch fish. But right. we can't. We 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 can't. And yes, Boy, I yes, dodged that bullet because I don't love fish. <laughs> well, there, there you go. Um, but but yes, when when the emphasis became on accumulation mm. and and scarcity mentality of one An day we might run out. And accomplishment when the emphasis became on valuing, uh, or or the the placing higher value on more, more is better. So you know, and when that became the emphasis, that's when humanity started to go downhill. Um, you know, and to it's 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 interesting when what I think, unless you're really paying attention. And know some history what get lost in this whole you know discussion around what's going on in the middle east is like this is you know this was israel's like you know historically um ancestral land and they deserve to be there and i always have to say well sure after they went in and took it from some other people so is this uh so it's the right. it's the go get more the romans did it uh Genghis khan did it the greeks did it it was about conquest and more is better more is better and and well and it begs the question of just because somebody's done it to you does that mean you can do it to someone else 
exactly okay because perpetuating the cycle right um so so yes there's there's nothing we need to do to prove our to prove our worth our humanness i'm a big proponent of of pleasure activism as in you know doing doing the things that intrinsically bring us pleasure as a form of resistance from you know capitalist grind go read some uh adrian marie brown uh around that but okay go ahead no i think the shorter catechism of our church says that the purpose of humankind is to love god and enjoy god forever and like our purpose in life as created beings in God's image is the language I would use is to live and enjoy not only God, but life itself. And that to me is the heart of this quote of what it is saying. Right. And like, that is humanness. That is the purpose of humanity. And and I don't want to use words like happiness and joy, just like, again, like in the Western culture way of using them, but in that deeper, you know, Ogan, you were saying in pre-show, like, I don't, there's a lot, I can make a list of things I don't have, but I'm happier than I've ever been. Like, yes. and there's another yeah, and way of saying that. To be alive. Yeah. Like my purpose yes. is to be alive. Like this is that Howard Thurman, right? Like do what makes you come alive because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Like that's why when we've lost sight of that, you know, that's where everything has gone wrong, in my opinion, really. And, 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 And two words that we don't give enough credit for are content and enough. Exactly. 1000%. And we think that happy, I mean, we think happiness and joy is this like extreme thing, right? But like, it's really what we're asking for when we say like, I want to be happy. is like, I want to be content. I want to, I want this to be enough. I want yeah. my I life to be I want to have a good book enough. with a cat on my lap, maybe a beverage. I mean. Even if, even if it's just the one book. Even if it's just <laughs> the one book. Touche. But I mean, really like, I think about the moments where I've been quote unquote the happiest and it's really like I was just satisfied with what I had. Yes. Right. And and one of the yeah and and you know yes happiness and joy very very fickle states of being and um but one of the things um that we also don't take into account is that um yes we can have these moments of of joy and happiness and even contentment but what we also have existing all the time we are in a constant state to some extent of grieving yeah because there's always there's always stuff that is being lost in the world around us and even in the world within us in our in in our circle we're we're always moving on from something something's always moving on from us and and i don't think we really take enough time to pay attention to that even in the happiest moments grief is there with it. So like, you know, when we send a kid off to college or a kid moves away or something like that's a joyous moment. That's a milestone in their life and they're, they're getting off the adulthood, but it's a loss. It's an absence. And, and often we tend to want to focus on the feeling good part of it that we don't notice the, the other piece of that as well. 
the grief part of it. And those tend to accumulate a lot. And then, you know, something happens, you know, and we, we, we lose our shit. Something we, we, what often happens is we will have a disproportionate response to something that seems minor and trivial because we're not, we're not taking the time to process and either create rituals or be mindful around the grief that happens in tandem with, with the joyful moments. 100%. And, and I think this is why people are so like with what's going on in the Middle East are so like shell shocked and numbed to it all because this is an immense tragedy. And it's like, we may not be losing lives in our own particular circles, but we don't understand that lives being lost is there's just like intangible nebulous grief that we're going through around us mm-hmm. and we're not doing anything about it. We're not processing it. We're not acknowledging it really in a meaning in a meaningful way. But this is part of the beauty of being human. Part of the beauty is to be able to hold the complexity, right? And this, and to use Jungian language, like there's a shadow side to everything and the shadow side only becomes a problem when we ignore it. Yes. It's mm-hmm. the problem isn't that there is a shadow side, that it's not, the problem is not that there is darkness to light for lack of a better binary, but like the problem is, is that we refuse to see the benefit of both. And we right. hold those both, not in tension, but as a whole. For yes. sure. And it's sort of, you. I mean, to put it at an extreme in this whole, the quote about being fully alive, like in Western culture, we've not done a good job of being honest about death. And we right. kind of want to, you know, let's hurry up and, 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 you know, take care of the body or keep the body looking as alive as possible or not give proper time to grief or not having rituals of remembrance and celebration and the grieving and the shittiness of loss. And we protect ourselves from death all the while being afraid of it. And if well, we were more honest and upfront, we'd be more whole. Yeah, we don't we don't do a good job even with rite of passage. Like we made yes. a joke earlier about like the third quarter of life or whatever, but like, yeah, that's Ooh. what it is. Like, let's be honest about it. We midlife crises are this horrible thing, but like acknowledging that I'm midway through and I, I've climbed the hill and like, hey, maybe I need to do some things differently on the way down. That's positive. That's a good thing. And you can also grieve that like, not everything's going to be the way it was. I can't dunk a basketball anymore. Well, and I have this like <laughs> turkey neck thing and it's weird and you know, whatever. Anyway, wait, if I'm it. in the third quarter, but haven't had a midlife crisis yet, have I messed up? Um, Maybe you've had a midlife spiritual awakening, Brian. There you go. I'd say uh, we I think Chris, running for I, office I say was we, your midlife crisis. Let's I'm there was, there was that. That's fair. And maybe, and maybe Warren, Warren Christie If that's well. not a midlife crisis, I don't know what is. That was a total <laughs> crisis. I will give you that. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a book I just added to uh, my to read list. It's called uh, From Agent to Sajin. And mm-hmm. it's this whole idea of, of perceiving agent differently. Just what we were talking about, Shannon. And not, you know, we generally hold it as this is like, you know, the the home stretch. This is this is the time before death. This is the, 
in many ways, oh, work hard towards this time so you can then finally put your feet up and relax. There's like, you know, and then there's also, you know, going back to indigenous cultures, we live in a culture where we want to hide the old people away. We Mm -hmm. less and less families take care of their elderly or look to them for sage wisdom and elder care is, you know, not stellar unless you are super rich. Um, so, so this idea of, of, of shifting that thinking to, can we look forward to this time in our life? Like we did all the other periods in our life, you know, when we were teenagers, we were looking forward in our twenties and being adults and then looking forward to the next stage and then looking forward to getting the kids at the house and all the things. And like, you know, I, you don't hear a lot of people saying, I can't wait till I'm 75. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, I'm not in my thirties anymore. <laughs> but Ogan, does it yes. have a cream to tighten my neck up? That's really <laughs> what it's about. I'm, I'm well, saying, you know, do you need a tight, do you need a tight neck? I mean, my husband says no. So maybe I just should stop caring. And that's all. That's listen. That's the only answer that ultimately matters. Right I answer. mean, that's what they say. <laughs> right I guess answer. as long as he continues to have sex with me, what do I care? Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> there's, there's exactly, exactly. It's not like he hasn't noticed it by now. So. Ouch. Easy, easy. Turn, dial, dial that no, no, a that was that was a compliment. That was a compliment. I'm saying you're worried like, about it, and and he's not. It doesn't matter to him. It's a compliment. I feel like we've got oh. some post show creeping into the actual. Ogan, Ogan insults <laughs> Shannon. That's the name of the title. Thank you, friends, for tuning into Pub Theology Live. Because anytime a woman points out something that she's feeling sensitive about, you're like, you look beautiful. That is the only answer you give. You can show your love by becoming a supporter on Patreon. To get access to pre and post show banter and more, visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Top cities this week are Detroit, Michigan, New York, New York, and Black Mountain, North Carolina. Black Mountain, North Carolina sister city to Montreat, North Carolina, Presbyterian Mecca, in case you were wondering. You can watch the video of these conversations on Facebook Live, and if you'd like to start a pub theology gathering in your town, find support and resources at pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. You're beautiful, Shannon. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs>